This is Erica Henry, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Merry Christmas. just about one week away from Christmas 2022. I really hope that this year is coming to a close in such a way that is blessing you and giving you room for gratitude and joy and generosity. As we wrap up our Christmas hymn series that we've been doing for Advent, I have the privilege of sharing with you about a really special Christmas hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain. It's got a really interesting history that will take us on a cross-testament biblical journey and hopefully land us in a place of contemplation, reflection, and gratitude for what Jesus has done and what he still has yet to do. So let's jump in. So I'm sure that you've heard this hymn. It's famous. It's sung every year by many different artists. But what you may not know is that this Christmas hymn has a very unique history. Pretty different than the majority of Christmas hymns that we find ourselves singing. This Christmas hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain, actually originated as a spiritual. If you're not familiar with the concept of a spiritual and what, what those are, essentially... They are the songs that enslaved people subjected to chattel slavery in America crafted and sang as a faith response in the midst of their oppression. They passed these songs and poems down through the generations orally to their children as a form of worship and joy and resistance in the face of just incomprehensible evil. James Cone, in his book, The Spirituals and the Blues, writes this. The spirituals are songs about black souls stretching out into the outskirts of God's eternity and affirming that divine reality which lets you know that you are a human being, no matter what white people say. Through the song, Black people were able to affirm that spirit who was continuous with their existence as free beings, and they created a new style of religious worship. They shouted and they prayed. They preached and they sang because they had found something. They encountered a new reality 
a new God, not enshrined in white churches and religious gatherings. And all along, white folk thought the slaves were contented, waiting for the next world. But in reality, they were stretching out on God's word, affirming a newfound experience that could not be destroyed by the masters. Now, because these spirituals were created and celebrated and sung by enslaved people, there was no record of them until someone named John Wesley Work Jr. became the first Negro spiritual collector and endeavored to gather and collect and write down hundreds of spirituals that were saying and passed down from his ancestors. And that is where Go Tell It on the Mountain was first recorded. The amazing legacy of black faith continues with this song as we consider even the artist who we are listening to on this episode, Mahalia Jackson. Mahalia Jackson was the granddaughter of enslaved people. Hailed by many as the queen of the gospel, Mahalia Jackson was a international gospel music star who was also an active supporter of the civil rights movement. She used her faith and her voice to advocate for liberation of her people in the name of Jesus Christ. Like so many others, Mahalia Jackson was formed by a faith tradition in the black community that started in the Exodus narrative. And while we don't have time today to do a deep dive into the book of Exodus, I would just love to give a brief overview of the story and make some connections to Christmas. In the story of the Exodus, if you're not familiar, the Hebrew people have been living peacefully in Egypt for some time until a new king who does not know Joseph becomes the leader of Israel. And as it happens often, this king, although a powerful man, was also a very fearful and insecure man. And he became afraid of how healthy and strong and numerous the Hebrew people were becoming. So he decided to oppress them. He made their lives miserable and used them for slave labor for his building projects. And despite all of his efforts to slow their growth, the Hebrew people continued to multiply according to the blessing that God had given them all the way back in Genesis. And so they labored under this fierce oppression. An idea occurred to the Pharaoh that one way that he could limit their growth was by killing all of their baby boys. And so he ordered two Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua, that whenever they were attending the births of children for the Hebrew women, that they were to allow the girls to live, but they were to kill any baby boys who were born. 
Shifra and Pua were righteous women and they subverted the king's orders and allowed and made it possible that many boys would continue living. And in response to this, the Pharaoh's evil continued and worsened. He ordered that every baby boy be thrown into the Nile River. And it is in exactly this moment that God decides to bring about the birth of the Redeemer of the Hebrew people to an unnamed man and woman from the tribe of Levi. A son is born, a fine child, whose mom hid him for three months. But when she couldn't hide him any longer, she made him a little ark, placed him inside of it, and set him among the reeds and the Nile River. This little basket, this little ark, brought this baby boy down the Nile River straight to the hands of the Pharaoh's daughter. Baked deep within this evil act and intention of the Pharaoh, this attempt to hold on to his power and continue to oppress his people group, his, his very edict to have all the baby boys killed and thrown into the river initiates a sequence of events that brings the redeemer of the Hebrew people as a baby straight into his house. The very one who in due time God would raise up to deliver the people from his oppression. Fast forward about 1,500 years, and another Redeemer is being born. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas time. This is the one whom Mahalia Jackson is singing about. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Jesus' story is so similar to the story of Moses, a baby born to an seemingly unimportant family in the midst of a dangerous time, rescued miraculously from the slaughter of innocents and set on a trajectory of redemption, not just for one people group, but for the entire world. God's plan for justice in the Exodus and in the Christmas story didn't come with a powerful king, a mighty man with lots of influence and resources and power. God's plan for justice and redeeming the world starts with a baby, with a vulnerable infant born into dangerous times, cared for by shrewd and God-fearing women. The birth of Moses and the birth of Jesus didn't really change much. The powerful men were still in power. The oppressed people still oppressed, the evils of this world still on full display. But in another sense, everything had changed. On this bright, glorious morning, Christ is born today. want to close out our episode today with a brief reflection on that lyric that we just listened to. Born this bright, glorious morning, Christ is born today. 
it strikes me that Mahalia imagines Christ being born in the morning. Or is it that Christ being born represents a kind of morning, the dawn of a new day, the very beginning of a new way of being? This, this idea that Christ's arrival as an infant is the beginning of something new resonates with me deeply as we are coming to a close of our Advent season. Because in Advent, we are waiting. We are anticipating. We are contemplating a world in which evil is still on full display even while we are trusting that Jesus is, in fact, making all things new. I would ask you, are there areas in your life right now where you had been hoping for the full conclusion? You didn't want the baby. You didn't want the beginning. You wanted the end. You wanted to know you need You need closure, satisfaction, understanding, and you haven't gotten it. My invitation to you today is to welcome Christ being born today, born into whatever situation and circumstance where you are crying out and looking for resolution, that you would take this message of the Exodus and Christmas that you would see God's providence and care and response to injustice, and that you would trust that even though it seems that your rescue is delaying, that it has already been born, that evil is in the midst of being undone in Jesus' name, and that the light has come into the world. John 1 puts it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Merry Christmas. The Holy District is a growing network of people who are dedicating their lives to grassroots, Jesus-centered community building. We're trying to rediscover the sacred in the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play. And we're so grateful that you're on this journey with us. If you haven't connected with us already, we would love to get to know you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Rediscover Sacred, or you can jump on our website, holydistrict.org, fill out a contact form, set up an opportunity for spiritual direction with one of our pastors, or just get to know more about how the Holy District's mission might intersect with you and your life's purpose. We'll talk to you next week.